Chris Oldcorn Show. We have a fantastic show for you tonight. Algoma Public Health is now catching up with what I told you on Tuesday. Also, we're going to be talking about City Council, and we'll also be talking about Ontario reopening, because as of today, certain parts of the economy are now allowed to reopen again as we're entering Phase 2 here in the Algoma District. So I'll be right back with all of that and more. Hold tight. Hello and welcome back. Okay, I said we're going to have uh, talk about Algoma Public Health catching up. On Tuesday's show, I talked about something called Legionnaire's disease. And uh, what I was talking about there was a lot of buildings have not been used, particularly office buildings, over the last few months because people have been working from home. There's concerns about stagnant water and pipes, also stagnant water that's just sitting around as well, whether it's in a toilet and other places, uh, such as a sink if it was filled with water, all of that sort of stuff. There's concerns about waterborne illnesses, and one of those is Legionnaire's disease, which I talked about on Tuesday, and I talked about how anyone who owns a building should be flushing the pipes out before they bring their employees back to work. Well, it's Friday morning, anyways, for Algoma Public Health, and they came out with the exact same advice. It took them four days. Yes, four days to come up with the advice I gave back on Tuesday, which I got from other public health units uh, in America and also in Canada. So, Algon Public Health, you're going to see on your screen a copy of their checklist, which is to flush the entire system of all the cold water and the hot waters for 10 to 30 minutes, plus also run water at any drinking access points, which I'm guessing is just sinks since we don't really have water fountains anymore. Uh, so, yeah, so good on Algon Pal. Public Health for catching up. Appreciate that. Um, let me know if I can help you guys out with anything else that you're supposed to be doing as well. Um, oh, ah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Healthcare announcement today. Uh, okay, so our MPP, Ross Romano, as well as our CEO of the hospital, Wendy Hansen, made a funding announcement today for healthcare. Now, there's two parts to this. It's, uh, it's just under $1.9 in total funding. Uh, part of it, 1.1 million, is for ongoing operational funding. Now, this can be used for basically anything that's an ongoing uh, operation expenses. Uh, I'll explain what that means in one second because I want to also talk about the other part. So there's approximately 800,000 that is for cardiac care only of ongoing operational uh, Requirements. Now, what does this mean by ongoing operational? It means that they will be able to do more procedures, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be adding more staff. It just means that they will have more money to do individual procedures. So 800,000 is basically earmarked for cardiac care, with 1.1 million being earmarked for everything else that isn't cardiac care. This is good, this is positive, at least we're getting some local funding here. Uh, part of this is to help with the fact that the, the hospital has been closed down for certain parts of it. For, uh, surgeries and procedures because of COVID-19. This allows us to do uh, more procedures to try and catch up on the backlog. As we know, there's a backlog of over 100,000 surgeries and procedures that need to take place in hospitals across this province. This is to help with that. Uh, so they're not able to go out and uh, hire new staff, but this allows them to do more with the staff that they have right now. So that's great. Uh, Wendy and Ross uh, were on that call. And that is the healthcare announcement from there. So now let's talk about the rest of Ontario right now. We had some fantastic news in the numbers today for Ontario. For the first time in a long, long, long time, we have less than 200 new cases of COVID-19 yesterday. That's correct, you heard me correctly. Less than 200 cases, 
new cases of COVID-19 yesterday. Yesterday, we had 182 cases, and 75% of them were in Toronto. So half of the healthcare units across the province yesterday didn't even have one new case. That is amazing, and it's good. And so we got to keep doing our social distancing. We got to also make sure that we continue to wear face masks when we're, you know, in, in store shopping. Uh, you can also wear gloves as well. Uh, if you are wearing gloves, please don't throw them down in the parking lot like we've been seeing. There's been gloves floating all over in parking lots. Put them in the garbage. It doesn't help anyone if you walk around with a glove and you touch stuff and then someone has to go and pick that up and throw it out. Uh, okay, so also another, this is incredible actually. Um, on Wednesday, we did 24,341 tests. That was way more than we've ever done on a single day before by over 2,000 tests. However, yesterday, on Thursday, we did 28,335 tests. We did basically 4,000 more tests from, from uh, how many we did on Wednesday to how many we did on Thursday. That's, that's amazing. Now, part of this too is, um, we talked about long-term care homes yesterday. Uh, uh, Doug Ford's press conference was about that, about long-term care homes are now, and retirement homes and group homes, you're now gonna be able to visit. There's very strict, um, guidelines on that. Now, one of those guidelines is you need to be tested within the previous two weeks and have tested negative for COVID-19 if you want to go and visit a long-term care home, for example, or a group home or a retirement home. Uh, so there's very strict guidelines. And now that we know that we can do over 28,000 tests, that's good because uh, starting on June 18th, you can then visit your loved ones uh, in those facilities. However, you have to have that negative test. It's good that we've added, that's 4,000 more tests we did from Wednesday to Thursday. It's increasing our capacity. That'll allow us to test everybody who also wants to go and visit their loved ones. Uh, Doug Ford has also ordered that we do uh, retesting for all our long-term care homes again to test, to see if there's any uh, cases that we don't know of COVID-19. Uh, for example, the, the one here, uh, the, it's no longer an outbreak, but when we had it at Extended Care Mapleview, the three people that tested positive were caught up in the first sweep of long-term care homes, and they were all asymptomatic, and as far as we know, none of them even developed the virus. This is another sweep through our long-term care homes, again, just to make sure that we're finding the asymptomatic people to prevent the spread of COVID-19. I'll be right back after the break with uh, City Council stuff, and trust me, it's going to be fun. See you in a sec. And welcome back. Okay, before I get to uh, the fun that was city council meeting on Monday night as I talk about the last part of that meeting, um, I do want to talk about first off what is opening up again today. Today is June the 12th at 12.01 a.m. this morning. Certain uh, types of businesses were allowed to reopen, so I just want to go through that list quickly so you know what will be open starting today and also through the weekend and continuing on next week. First, outdoor dining services. Uh, that's for restaurants, bars, uh, and other uh, establishments that serve food they are allowed to have outside patios also those outside patios can take up to 25 percent of their parking lot uh, there's uh, services like uh, your beauty salons hair salons barbers tattoo shops they can reopen except uh, no facial treatments uh, but all other treatments are allowed uh, shopping malls are going to be allowed to open but on very 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 strict um, conditions as well as food courts are takeout only uh, tour guide services, like if uh, bike tours, walking tours, things like that, uh, they're allowed to reopen. Uh, water 
uh, recreational facilities. So that's your splash pads, your wading pools, and also swimming pools. They're allowed to reopen as well. There'll be more beach access uh, and additional camping at Ontario Parks. Uh, camping at private campgrounds will now be expanded as well. Um, outdoor facilities um, that are for sports. So you can go to a baseball diamond and throw a ball around if you want, as long as you're practicing social distancing. Drive-in and drive-through venues will be open, so concerts, uh, drive-in movie theaters, and so on, and drive-in attractions, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, film and television can start again, but once again, it's uh, very, very uh, strict for film and television. And then also, you can have weddings and funerals, but they have to be still limited to 10 people, max, uh, and also all of your social gatherings across the province uh, still have to be 10 people or less for the time being. Now, let's talk City Council Monday night. Monday night, there was a resolution that failed, uh, and it was about waiving building permit fees. Now, I'm just going to read the resolution because it's important to understand what it is before I can talk about it. Now, therefore, be it resolved that staff examine the impact of a reduction of up to 25% in local building permit fees and make a recommendation on whether a reduction can be implemented and a recommendation on the extent of any proposed reduction to spur or advance local developments that might otherwise have been completed in 2020. Okay, this was put forward by Shoemaker and Scott. Uh, okay, uh, Shoemaker was the primary, Scott was the secondary. Now, uh, at the very outset of the debate on this, uh, Scott said that the reason he sponsored it was for small projects for homeowners and not for the big builders. Um, this is important because Shoemaker wanted it for everyone uh, in particular, uh, and he seemed to really think that it would help the bigger builders and how they could create jobs and so on there. He may be right, he may be wrong, I don't know. Uh, we, won't, we won't know anyways because the bill failed. Uh, however, um, I'm gonna go through a little bit of the uh, numbers here. Uh, this was brought up by uh, Lisa Vezo Allen. Uh, in 2019, we brought in 1.2 million in permits revenue and we, the department costs $965,000 to run. So the department ran with a surplus. Now that building department is funded entirely by fees. So our actual, your tax dollars do not go towards that department. Uh, that department is self-funded by people going in and purchasing uh, the actual building permits. Now the revenues are down in 2020. Uh, they didn't say specifically how much, but revenues are down. Um, so that, that's a bit of an issue already because the funding has been reduced. However, you know, they're still at the same staffing levels. Now, uh, Councillor Brunei also said that this resolution could discourage people from building because they're going to wait to see if there's a reduction of 25% on the building fees. So people are going to you know, file a, a building permit now might wait till this comes back so they can save their 25% off that building fee. Now, the large builders... Uh, on a building project, basically about 1% of the total cost of a large project uh, is the permit fee. Uh, when you talk about smaller projects, like putting on a deck, for example, that costs $125. It's a flat fee to put on a deck onto a house. So those fees are like already built in. Um, and they're all self-funded. Now, this failed for uh, two reasons. One, um, and this was brought out actually by Hollingsworth. And once again, I love her. She's so smart. Um, she really knows the issues. I can't wait to have her on the show. Um, but she pointed out that the big builders do all their permitting in the wintertime. Uh, so they've already done it. It's not going to help them spur on any building this summer, particularly when it has to go to a report and come back. It might not even be approved, and they might not even reduce the building fees until September. It's not going to help spur on anything this summer. She's correct on that. 
uh, by the time this goes uh, back to the uh, department where they are going to look and see what, uh, whether or not they could do that 25% reduction, uh, by the time it comes back, it's not going to help anybody this summer anyway. So it's a, it, this, this, this resolution basically fell flat on its face. It had almost no support. Um, but the interesting thing was at the end of it, uh, Scott spoke second last, the mayor spoke last, which is uh, customary. That's the way it normally happens on all resolutions. Um, but Councillor Shoemaker came out and said that, you know, no one on council other than the uh, sewage um, sewage fees, which were dropped for a couple months, has come, none of the councillors have come up with any solutions to help uh, spur on business in the city. Uh, then the mayor spoke last and went after uh, Shoemaker and basically said, you shouldn't be attacking your other councillors, this is unprofessional, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's always, I've noticed recently, there's been a lot of contention between Shoemaker and Provenzano. I don't know why. I know kind of off the record maybe why that is, but I can't talk about it, at least for a while now anyways. Um, but yeah, there seems to be a lot of tension between Shoemaker and the mayor. The mayor said he wouldn't support it, it and this motion didn't pass. I'll be right back after the break. And thank you very much for watching the Chris Oldcorn show tonight. I hope uh, you enjoyed tonight's show. It is uh, always fun when I get to talk about City Council, Algoma Public Health. Always a good time there. Anyways, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you can at Chris Oldcorn. You can also listen to the audio version of the show as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and other podcasting platforms. I'll see you back here on Monday morning at 8 a.m. for special report. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you on Monday.